Hi everyone, Robbie here. I'm pleased to announce my third novel titled Underneath. Pre-orders are live now, with the book releasing on Monday, November 25th. Here's a description. Mary Jensen, a trained medic, needs a new start, and she's getting one at Research Station Tau in remote Antarctica. Called in as an emergency replacement, Mary soon finds out Tau's mission, to find a lost elementary particle deep down in the ice. Dr. Ian Schuller, the station lead, thinks the particle is the key to humanity's evolution. As they drill into the ice, complications arise, and Mary starts to worry about his sanity. As he pushes harder and harder for results, the group begins to fracture. And then the hallucinations start. Something is in the ice, and it is changing them. Now Mary must survive and face what's underneath. Underneath is great for fans of The Thing, The Terror, or body horror in general. It also makes a great gift for the horror fan in your life for the holidays. You can find a link to purchase it in the show notes or at my website, which is RobbieDorman.com. It's my favorite thing I've written. I'd love for you to check it out. Look up there in the sky. It's a bird. A plane. It's Handsome Boys Comics Hour. Those boys are so handsome. One Batman. One Jim Gordon. One fortnightly discussion of comics and nerd culture. I'm your host, Robbie Dorman, literature geek and writer. And I'm your other host, Eric Z. Goodnight, professional artist and illustration nerd. And we are the Handsome Boys Comics Hour. Your home for news, reviews, slightly antagonistic banter, and much, much more. This is episode 250. I'm Batman. Are you tuckered out? I'm all tuckered out. <laughs> gotten a lot of gotten years of mileage out of that joke i love it i can still watch that every single time and laugh i can watch it a hundred times in a row and i'll laugh every time he's all it's clear out. he's all you never out. stop making the joke <laughs> that and bane cat those are the two batman jokes always work on me god you made me forget about i remember you sending me bane cat i peed in it <laughs> I was say i peed in it <laughs> Hey, that's I nice. don't think it's. I, I think I, I find you laughing at it funnier than the video. That's probably fair. Hey, that's nice. This is up to two hundred and fifty. It's a big old, uh, big old round number. It's a big one. So we're we're celebrating with Batman. Batman, the way, we're, that, the way that one must. <laughs> yes, we're doing two hundred. Uh, we're doing Batman Year One later on Nerbo Book Club. Uh, it's a pretty important comic book. We're going to talk about it. I don't know about it at length, but we're definitely going to talk about it. Probably have a lot to say about it. it. seems like we just can never plumb the depths of Batman deep enough. There's always more Batman. You might say there's double Batman, Eric. It just, it never stops. <laughs> uh, but before we get there, we get uh, some comic books th- that came out recently to talk about. Not comics, bom- comic books that came out 40 years ago to talk about. Bombic Cooks. Bombic Cooks. Woo! Uh, we can move on. We can move. We can start with our first segment. It is time for Floppy's Fortnightly. Floppy's Fortnightly is the part of the show where Eric and I will read a selection of this past couple weeks' books and tell you to buy or do not buy them. There's a mush meter. It goes from one to five if we're feeling mushy. Our first book is Family Tree, number one, by Jeff Lemire, Phil Hester, Eric Gapster, Ryan Cody, Steve Wands, and Will Dennis, because there's no actual individual credits. They just have names, so... I'm assuming writer, artist, colorist, inker, 
letterer editor. I mean, those are pretty good guys, though. I'm a big. Mm-hmm. I, I like myself from Jeff Lee Myers and Phil Hester. Um, I have no idea what this book was before we read it. Other than a Jeff Lee Meyer book. Other than a Jeff Lee Meyer book, uh, I definitely wasn't expecting like murder grandpas in this. But I was, I was honestly expecting kind of like a f- family drama, not not post- creepy turning into a tree, children, and yeah, and post apocalypse. I'm assuming or. Yeah. apocalypse just just current during the apocalypse story world ending story uh what do you think eric do you like it um i enjoy it okay i feel like it's kind of i don't know it's 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 more than fine i'm struggling i think to really come up with a whole lot here i don't i don't like the bits where she's upset because she's working and mad at people for destroying their her their groceries i i, I don't know and it's feels a little weird and just tropey and then you get to you get to shotgun grandpa and bald men like kidnapping them with axes whatever that's about it, it, it it's it kind of, I don't want to say nosedive, but it certainly turns itself around there towards the end and gets a lot more interesting. Um, I feel like we're getting a lot of scene setting that um, it's not necessarily bad. It does show us some character, so it's not entirely worthless, but it feels set in events that very clearly aren't going to matter wants this sort of break from things so i i don't know yeah i'm 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 not super soft on it but i'm not i'm not doing backflips over it either yeah i i mean the talent the talent is all there these are all mm-hmm. very very talented people working on this book i'm and i like i like how it looks i like phil hester mm-hmm. yeah. um i I don't, yeah, like, I don't think that the dialogue is bad. I don't think the writing is bad. I just think it is one of those issues where, like, this feels like an issue zero. It doesn't feel yeah. like an issue one. Uh, it, it, I, I mean, I understand, yeah, okay, she's unhappy at her job because, you know, she's, I assume, trying to support her family by herself and, you know, whatever. Has a job she doesn't like. That's all fine. But if the meat of this story is, hey, uh the apocalypse some plant virus has infected a lot of people theoretically because all this is in the past tense all this stuff has already happened that's the 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 narrative voice has already said oh all this stuff is already long over so we're all looking we're looking back at this all happening like why doesn't it just start with the little girl sprouting yeah and not have 12 pages of unhappy job and your kid doing drugs i'm like well if society is about to collapse why does it matter if you know you would you're forgetting all that stuff anyway who cares and why mm-hmm. do we need to know that she was unhappy with a single you know having her ha- had a crappy job i mean you could just say oh i had a crappy job i didn't like it i i get that same without having to see like three pages of her like being surly well, I, I i believe they say to show and don't tell and they have to show her making a grumpy face. And 
being I, told that her break was over three minutes ago. I would say that, honestly, that's not a, a, always a good advice. Sometimes telling is much better. Yeah. <laughs> I think this is a this is a pretty clear-cut example of, uh, well, I mean, like, it's not even that you wouldn't be, you wouldn't be showing as much as show me the things that are good yeah you can you can with one sentence be like yeah i i hate working at a grocery store it sucks like same amount of information like i don't know is is that other bald man it was he wasn't a bald man he was just a just a an old fat man he wasn't he's baldish is he going to be a really important character is it important that we foreshadow the other bald man that tries to axe them later i don't i don't know i i I don't think that this is i don't think that's all necessarily the case no i i agree with you i i think i I would i think they just had oh we have this dramatic point where oh the grandpa saves everyone and he has a shotgun and he says a big badass action hero line uh they had that well that's a big cliffhanger what's in with that moment and i'm uh, I would say this probably will be invisible when you read a trade. Yeah, no. You can pile that. You can pile that on the on every the the bingo card of us saying this will be invisible when you read the trade. But this is a number one issue. I I think it ends at a good spot, and you like you said, it really mm-hmm. picks up at the end. But you know, I don't. But I think this would be a much more sellable comic if you take the pages of all the meaningless shit at the beginning and give us like i don't know show character of them running away from the bad guys or them outsmarting them or show me some action scenes with murder grandpa i i kind of feel like any of that would be preferable but Mm -hmm. you know it is it is tough to really know the shape of what's to come based on this i just think that all of those things are more interesting and and he's budgeted a lot of pages towards the least interesting possible bits i mean i think i mean the story i was gonna say like when i think uh when you know you look at the walking dead the walking dead starts with him waking up and everything's gone to shit and him trying to figure out what happened like yeah you're right in it and i'm like and i don't need to know that oh he was a small town cop or you know i don't need to know all that stuff about rick and it doesn't end up mattering <laughs> you know and in we medias, get in medias res works for a reason it's mm. it's compelling are you a do not buy though eric i don't think so okay. i think that this is a good fine comic book but i i feel like um i don't know my feelings on lee meyer are complicated because there's a lot of things that I'm just like, damn, this is freaking great, and I love it. And then a lot of other stuff feels like this, where I'm just like, okay, that's fine. You didn't stick the landing. I mean, it's the nature of being so prolific. It's I would say the same thing about Colin Bunn, who I think is a very talented and good writer. But when you write, I mean, how many comic projects does Lee Meyer have out during any given year? And I, I don't know, maybe that's the correct way to make comic content, considering how they're killing stuff 
left and right or I, I, I don't know. But I think like this is an image book. It's a creator owned thing. Mm hmm. I think certainly for an issue one, it's got to be polished. But I mean, I, I guess like I I don't know. I don't know his I don't know his process, and I don't like to judge too much. But I think that it's it's got good hooks. But I think you can give me more content here. So is that a mushy buy? Yeah, I think it's fair to let's let's go three on this one. I'll, I'll, it'll be an indecisive, an indecisive mushy buy. I think I'll back your, back your play on this one. I'll say, I'll, I'll be right there with you. Mushy buy. Mush meter mm. three, double buy, family tree number one. Next up is BB Free, number one. Created and written by Gabby Rivera, illustrated by Royal Dunlap, letters by Jim Campbell. Uh, let's see, designer by Gra designer Grace Park. Give that in there too. Uh, far future gorilla radio? With an mm -hmm. adolescent Hispanic girl, main character, and I kind of hate, hate this. <laughs> and talking, talking alligators as well, which I don't know how the alligator doesn't talk. It do, they they give it character and talk about it, but I don't. It doesn't have any dialogue bubbles, does it? Mm, maybe I mis mistook it. I was. <sighs> I don't remember seeing it say words. Okay, but that's it, fair. It does. It does have a name and. They ascribe character to it, but I don't think it speaks. It's okay. It's Buttercup. You why do you you said you hate this? I was very I was wondering how you'd feel I, about this, Eric. Yeah, I I'm I'm conflicted. I think it looks beautiful. It. The art is I great. One hundred percent agree with you on that. I think the art is fantastic. I even like the very. Um, sort of low contrast dreamy color um that they've got going on you know all the blacks knocked back to this weird purple color and mm -hmm. it, it it it's it's pleasant to look at i like the stylization of the characters you know but like i think it has all the subtlety of being hit in the head with a rock um <laughs> like it just it's like everything in the first couple of pages is just like almost like dumb buzzwordy like feminism a la Twitter. And it upsets me <laughs> just how how clunky it is. Yeah. Like I think in like this is a thing that would be like really fun and revolutionary like six years ago. Now it it feels like I'm going to copy all the other people and, and make my intersectional uh 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 fat queer femme comic and it's just okay whatever i i, I think it's 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 fine there it, probably is some little kid that this is going to speak directly to and you can have a bunch of redundant bullshit comics that are for them like i think that there's a place for that like it's i don't dislike it so much that i i want it to like be thrown into a ravine but I, I just think that there's not a lot of good in it i like looking at it i think i would i think i would like this book a whole lot with all the dialogue taken off i i don't mind necessarily all that stuff necessarily yeah my problem is that this is set in the year 2232. Yeah. 
200 plus years of the future. And yet, every, they talk like it's today, and the the dad is dressed like a hipster. Mm-hmm. Walking, like, literally, I could have saw this person walking down the street today. Like, yeah. I don't expect... I mean, it all It all looks very 2019. Yes, and like, I... Fucking, fu- fucking fashion has changed so much in five years, ten years. What, I, look at what people wore 200 years ago. It was not yeah. what people wear now. And I don't, yeah. and I, 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 if you're going to be so anachronistic and have stuff in the far future that is literally what people are wearing today, I want some narrative justification for it or to, I, like, I don't know, it, it the way people talk, they, people didn't talk like we talk now 200 years ago either. This, and, yeah, this, this just feels like clunky slang. Oh, your dad's going to glitch gross i would i would prefer that at least over using would you would you prefer using the three seashells yes like when they use when you say tbh i'm like well no one in 200 years is going to use tbh like we use it now no one yeah probably not they're they're gonna have moved on to a different kind of slang uh i like i think the book is beautiful i think it's it's set in florida it a weird you know, future Florida where water has overtaken a lot of the state. Um, I, I like the direction of the story. I like, mm. I, I think setting up weird guerrilla radio in future I, Florida. Right. I think the core of the idea is fantastic. And like young girl going on an adventure and it's, it's basically based around her fucking podcasting to whoever i think that's fucking neat you know like but that it's it's like a bad anime with not even smart twitter politics i I don't know copycat politics thrown in and i i i don't know i i think people i i think i would still i I would still say i'm a buy on this Mm. even just on the strength of yard alone frankly i would say i'm a buy on this because it is absolutely gorgeous mm-hmm. it's um, really really strong and i would give it you know i'd give it more issues to see if the, the you know the the dialogue stuff straightens out at yeah. all if it if it if you know uh she gets a little bit a better feeling for these characters as they go mm-hmm. you know i i don't know i i think it's worth checking out I and mean, some people i think some of it is going to be invisible to some people like we are on you and me are on Twitter a lot, and we see mm-hmm. a lot of this, you know, a lot of this talking back and forth, and a lot of it is old hat to us. A lot of people, you know, and particularly like, hey, some teenage girl picks this up because it has a teenage girl protagonist in it, and the art is beautiful. They maybe won't feel it the same way. They'll just go, "Oh, this is for me. I like this a lot. Um, I, I, I think it's great." Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think it's perfect, but I think I'm still a buy mush meter of one. I'm going to go one. I could go all the way to five or just ignore it altogether. But the the art really is strong and beautiful. I'm trying to think. What's, what, what, is, what is Corey's last name? He goes by Ray, R-E-Y-Y-Y. Can't think of Corey's name, but it reminds me a little bit of of, I think, more his coloring style than anything. The art is a little bit like his, but I also see 
similarities to it and a lot of um, indie comic people. I, f- I can't think of what it is in French, but it's kind of like the the um, uh, shit. Uh, the 1010 style, it means clear line. And a lot of young people in particular do it looks it ends up looking like this. You know, they're attracted to that style. I don't know. I'm I'll I'll just I'll just put my I'll just fall down on one side and say I'm a five on the mush meter. OK, it's it's got its problems and it gets under my skin. <laughs> but it is it, it 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 does. I don't let it come through that I don't think that it has merit. I think it has a lot, but I, I, I stand by it's about as subtle as being hit in the head with a brick. That's a double buy. BB three, number one, mush meter of three. Next up is Batman's grave. Number two, correct my own self on my notes written by Warren Ellis, art, Brian Hitch, colors, Alex Sinclair letters, Richard Starkings figured we uh, check in on the second issue. Might as well. Now there's not, now it's, Hungover Alfred, mm-hmm. not drunk Alfred. And uh, Batman fights Gallagher. He, I was gonna say he. That dude looks like. Uh, I mean, he looked kind of like him in that first issue at the very end, but he looks like uh, uh, Ron Howard's brother. Uh, oh, Clint Howard. Clint yeah. Howard. He looks like Clint Howard. Clint to me. Howard's a hideous man. Clint Howard playing Krusty the Clown. Basically, uh, a lot of action in this one. Mm-hmm. Brian. Uh, Ellis likes letting his artists just draw a lot of action. I wonder, have you read his scripts? Does he write out the action scenes? I think it depends on who the artist is. I think if he trusts the artist to, like, I'm, I, I, it depends on it. Like, sir, I, and I, he definitely caters his scripts to whatever artist he's working with and how much they trust each other and how much they know each other. And if it's, or if he has this, something very specific in mind, you know, like, hey, this, this I want feels, this. This thing. feels like a very scripted fight scene to me. I don't know. Uh, it, it feels pretty scripted. But that's just my opinion. I don't know. I, I think I like Hitch generally more when he is not writing himself. I think I said that in the first issue, too. But, uh, I mean, I this is still Warren Ellis writing Batman. And it's still, this is like a very, still a low to the ground story. Uh, I Again, I don't. <laughs> this is still Ellis just writing to his own whims. He doesn't try and include. He just doesn't care about normal comic book. Trying to put in like weird cliffhangers at the end of issues. He's just like, it's like trees. This in weird mm-hmm. way. It's just very much like, oh, it ends where I run out of pages. <laughs> this whole thing's going to be 150 pages. Uh, so whatever. After and then issue two, it just ends with Batman talking about stuff. There's no big cliffhanger. There's kind of a cliffhanger at the end of issue one, but this one is just more like just Batman talking with Alfred about crime and people. But he's drinking coffee. Drinking coffee. I still do like the 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 kind of interjection and weird philosophies into this about Alfred kind of arguing about, hey, maybe you should, you know, try not be a crime fighter anymore. Maybe just give your money to the cops. Yeah. And then he's like, well, then the cops will just use it to catch me and blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Um. This is this is like this is very sassy Michael Caine, uh, Alfred. Yeah, I mean animated series. Even Alfred also was very. I don't remember him having a lot of character in that. He was very dry, dry, dry humor, but almost always making fun of Bruce. Pretty much one hundred percent of the time, which is very good. 
uh, I need to rewatch. I, I definitely like him in this. I need to rewatch the animated series, frankly. Um, I think we, I think we all do. It's a goddamn masterpiece. It's the best Batman. It really fucking is. Uh, I'm a buy on this still. I, I think it's still. I think it, it 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 looks good. It is not in. It's not Hitch indulging in his worst. I think you know the widescreen whatevers. This is still a good book. I'm I'm on. I I I'm a fan. I'm a buy. Yeah, it's a it's a strong book, and I enjoy it. And I think the the, the Batman stories that I actually care about considering the plethora of it are few and far between this is a a good one uh you have definitely uh instilled in me a love for mr ellis so this is good and i like it and you should also buy it okay that's a double buy on batman's grave number two next up is dr doom number two written by christopher cantwell art salvador laraca colors guru fx letters cory pettit just just in case anyone was wondering Still written by the good Christopher Cantwell. I, and Eric, I've done my research. Christopher Cantwell was well-known well before the Nazi Christopher Cantwell was. Well before Charlottesville. Yes. I, they're probably still roughly the same age. Well, I'm, yeah, I don't know. But this, he he, he wrote a, he wrote television long before uh, Charlottesville. That I guess that's fine. I would, I think I'd still change my name. I don't know. It's the Michael don't Bolton. Don't know. It's the I, Michael I, Bolton I, paradox. I, well, I'm just saying, I go to Google. I'm going to Google it right now. Nazi comes up. Um, well, we, I really hope that there's never an Eric Z. Goodnight Nazi. Would make yeah, me too. Very hard me for you. Me fucking too. What do you think about this Doctor Doom comic book? It's weird. I still enjoy it. Um, I enjoy it a lot. Yeah. I mean, it's it's good. I don't know that I'm all the way into enjoying it a lot. I think I'm more confused by it than anything, but I, I, I'm not confused. Like I'm like, who are these people and what's happening? I'm confused. Like where the fuck is this going? And that's not necessarily a, that's not a bad thing. That's me, me being intrigued by stuff I think is good. Um, yeah, I, I, I think it is pretty good. Um, it, it, one, it doesn't, it's not wasting any pages. It is action packed. No. It has, it's dense, mm -hmm. which I want in my comic books, bold content, de bold declaration. I want dense comic books. Uh, it has, I think a very good handle on doom as a character. Uh, it is not challenging him in a way that is old hat. It is, it's interesting putting him on the run and now sending him to hell. Apparently. I do like the and like I think I I had this thought about like this this the ending of this comic book made me think about it like doom is beyond the 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 reckoning of death is not a big enough thing for doom. Doctor Doom is a big enough and more a powerful enough character that he might die. It's not permanent and it's assumed it's not permanent because he's Doctor Doom. He'll find a way back. Because he's gone to hell before, literally, and they talk about it, even in this issue. They talk about how he's gone to hell with Doctor Strange. And I, I'm interested in having uh, Blue Marvel as, like, the antagonist, or the protagonist. I guess he's an antagonist, even though he is a, he's a hero. Yeah. Uh, having him is very interesting. Like, he's all, he's a scientist, and he's not, but he's not, he's not Reed. So that I'm, that's fascinating. Having a guy that's, like, on par with Reed but not read 
and having that inherent antagonism that Reed and Doom have for each other. I'm really interested about that. I'm, I want to see what this mystery, what it turns out to be. Seeing Doom in hell never gets old for me. Uh, I think it looks good. I think the writing is good. I'm a buy. I'm on board with this comic. I like it. Yeah. I like knowing I, that Doom's, it reads, it checks out that Doom's favorite beetle is John. I believe that as well. Who's your favorite beetle, Eric? George. Same. Same as he's just a yeah. reason we're best friends. Yeah. Oh, I love you, buddy. George. Yeah. George. I mean, it's. He's a weirdo. He's the, yeah, he's, he's the best. He wrote My Guitar Gently Weeps. What, other, what, other, yeah. what else do I need in my life? Yeah, no, he, he, that and um, uh, My Lord. I love that song. Uh, so I'm a buy on George Harrison and I'm a buy on Dr. Doom number two. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why I have hesitation. I think it's because the, the it is a singular artist, but I feel like the art style flops around and tries to do too many different things. And doesn't feel super consistent. I don't know why that bothers me, but this is still a very good comic book. There's also like some stiffness in the way bit. he handles a lot of these these panels and characters. Just a little bit, yeah. I can see that. Yeah. So it it that also bothers me, but that's no reason not to buy it. It's still a pretty good looking comic. It's it's. I think Mikel Janine is a better artist, but it's got that stiffness that Mikel Janine puts into his stuff because he's tracing stuff. <laughs> you just will never drop it, will you? I dislike it. It's like, <laughs> but I mean, whatever. Mikel Janine is loved and the, I don't know, whatever. People got to do what they got to do to live. I, I guess I should make a comic book come out every two weeks. Yeah. I mean, yes, uh, it's a good book and you should buy it. No, no, you know, no conditions. Unconditional buy. That's a double buy on Doctor Doom number two. Next up is New Mutants number one, written by Ed Brisson and Jonathan Hickman. Art Rod Reese. Letters Travis Lanham. Design Tom Muller. Uh, so, OG New Mutants, pretty much. Yeah, a, a many of them. Many of them. And Space. Shi'ar. Mm-hmm. Going out in... With the the, the, the the star jammers and getting trapped out in the middle of nowhere, trying to plant uh, Krakoa gates in different places. Do you know what I fucking love about this is there's like a whole bunch of references in the the art to Sinkevich. I know that is I noticed it, too. It is very good. Doesn't it just make you so fucking happy? Oh, it's delightful. Book is very it's very pretty. The the I I really I like the Sinkevich references. I think you know when you're it's doing a, it's it. It's a great Easter egg for fucking comic nerds. When, when you're doing new, when you're doing a new mutants book, can't hurt. Um, I I like Bane looks exactly like uh, Maisie Williams, Arya Stark. I mean, she was cast as Rain in the movie that never happened. <laughs> or is going to happen maybe at some point probably not anymore because disney bought uh fox and now owns x-men again so they're probably just going to scrap all that stuff but throw it all on the fire she was going to be uh wolf spain um i don't know i like the character voices there a lot of distinct voices on the on for mm. with a team with a lot of a, a pretty big cast you get the, all the voices r remain relatively distinct and they ring true to me 
I it, I said it looks good. I don't know. I'm I'm a buy. I think this is a, a, a another good new X Men comic. This is the this is the last book before uh before the storm. I guess you could say before yeah. shit starts going bad. I think like the fact that they made a point to reboot this book with so many of these characters. I mean, they fucking get X Men. This 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 makes me incredibly happy. I I'm all for it. Just just full on buy here. That's a double buy. New Mutants number one. Next up, X Force number one, written by Benjamin Percy, art Joshua Casara, colors Dean White, letters Joe Carmagna, Tom Mueller on design. Shit happens. Bad shit. Things fall apart. <laughs> that is the story of X Force. It's this is the Wetworks team, like it has been in the past. You know, I loved we. I I talk about my love for Uncanny X Force, and X Force is going to. This is projecting to be that Wetworks team book. Um, but things are fucked. There's. I don't know if you noticed this, Eric. I certainly would. I don't think I would have understood it unless I saw it online. Mm-hmm. And uh, they were. They didn't know what happened to Domino, right? Because Domino right. theoretically, Domino is captured and or killed, and they don't know what happened to her. Uh, if you look at all those do all the people dropping in they're the the terrorists or assassins or whatever they have white stripes of white on them yeah that's her skin oh jesus so they got onto krakoa because they're they're literally carrying parts of her mm-hmm. that is awful it is this book is that kind of book it is that kind of awful take all your darkness and put it in this book black tom this cassidy looks fucking amazing yeah joshua Casari. he he did the i believe he did the last x-force book we read we read too which is very silly and this is not but it still looks oh, really really good yeah it looks it looks really different i remember that book i remember really being impressed by the stylization of the faces and characters and this is much more marvel house style but god the painting is fucking beautiful i love this it looks really really good yeah this is a this is a great comic book and if what you said is true that's fucking horrifying but god that's an exciting goddamn comic book idea and xavier's dead i don't expect that yeah i don't expect that to stick if if he got they got if he, didn't, if he didn't make it to where he couldn't reboot himself. No, they, then... they've already laid the groundwork that he's done it multiple times before. So I assume that. Yeah. But whenever you do that, you, you know, that's a way to introduce complications and weird yeah. things and different weird Xavier's that come out of that egg or wherever he is. Um, I, but again, no shortage of important things happening. A lot of action and information happening with all this. Ben Percy is a very good writer. Uh, we liked his. And I really want to go back and read the entirety of his Green Arrow. Um, I'm. It's neat that he's writing this book. I'm um, a buy. Yeah, it's cool. Super cool. Say double buy on X Force number one. Next up is Fallen Angels number one, written by Brian Hill, art by Simon Simon Kudransky. That's my guess. Colors Frank Darmarta. Letters, Joe Sabino, Zion Tom Muller. This is the other the uh, this is the other half of the we have the uh Excalibur, which is the Betsy book. Mm-hmm. And this is the the Psylocke book. Just Psylocke now. She doesn't 
want to go by any other names. Uh, of all the ex, of all these first wave books, this is the one that's really caught me off guard. It's very strange. Yeah, I don't like it. It's the only one I don't like. I'm not sure if I like it or not. Like, there's parts I'm, I I like the direction yeah. of it, and I like X twenty three and Psylocke mm-hmm. and all that stuff. And I like the weird machinations of Sinister and Magneto and like this, this is a very much more personal book. It's not like, this is not grand scope, big X-Men book. This is very much like Psylocke working through stuff book with a small team. I really like that. I like some of this art and then some of it I really don't don't like. I don't like the way that it looks. No, I don't think that the storytelling is great. I don't, I just don't like it. It looks it it looks really budget to me. It looks really I mean, it even has some of that Mikhail Janine yeah. tracing horseshit in it and that always turns in my stomach. I, I I don't I don't care for it, I think, in general. It 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 feels like the certainly the weakest book out of all of the X books that we've read. I do think that in concept, like you're saying, this could be good exploring this character, pairing him up with uh, with um, X-23, baby Cable, whatever. Don't care about that. He's already, he's in that other book, though. He is. X-Men 2, the next one we're about to talk about. Yeah. Um, better written in that one, I would say. Mm-hmm. Makes more sense. Um, Works better. I don't like this. I don't think I'm a buy. Okay. I really, uh, I, I think like, just, just don't like it. Maybe it, it's less. Maybe it's got more value in trade. Um, I, I, you I, know, I, and that I would be interested in seeing what happens. But I, I don't. I'm not going to go out of my way to incorporate this in my life. Yeah, I, I'm mostly with you. I think. It this reads like a real it, like to me it reads like an early two thousands comic book. It feels like it came out in two thousand two. That's what it feels it like. Kind of looks like it to me. I mean, I well. think. I mean, I think that's part of it. I think it's just the the art. I think it feels overwritten. Yeah. It there's like a there's it feels like sometimes there's more dialogue than we need. Like you didn't there's it's that scene in particular uh, where they like spell it out for you. Like she has mm-hmm. a daughter. I'm like. I, I got it, guys. You didn't need to yell it at me. I understood right away. You don't need to like. Oh, I mean, like the 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 the, the comic panels are telling no story. Like the only like this is drawn the way that a movie tells a story. You know, it's true. which is like this person is juxtaposed if, with another person and they're talking. I wonder if that's, and that's not that's not what comics do. No, that's you're true. I wonder if that's why. I don't know. Uh, I think it's a big part, like, and I, it's a it's a thing that most people don't notice. Like, it's really easy to to run over. He's like, okay, I don't like this very much, and I don't know why. And I think for me, like, when I when at least me looking at this, it stood out to me that like this is a lot of people saying things juxtaposed over dramatic moonlit shots and shadowed noir shots of saying stuff and. Like maybe it'll communicate an emotion, but it doesn't. In, in no point does it really communicate what these people are doing or the context. 
I mean, the, there's a panel where like, you know, they're kicking someone or something and maybe the, it tells a little bit of story there, but in general, it's, it's not doing that work. Yeah. I think you've talked me. I'm a, I'm a thing I'm a do not buy as well. I think I'm, yeah. it's very much like, yeah, in trade, I might check it out if I get, you know, if I'm curious, I'm like, I'm interested to see what happens in it because I'm interested to know like what happens in the X-Men. So I'm so invested in it, but the book itself is like, eh, I can, I, I'm, I'm never, I've never been a big Hill fan to begin with. And this book is not, the art, like you said, it feels very posed. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a double do not buy on Fallen Angels. Number one, our last book of, of the, of the week is X-Men number two, written by Jonathan Hickman, art, Lenil Francis, Yu, inks, Jerry Langlin, colors, Sonny Go, letters, Clayton Cowles, design, again, Tom Muller. Um, more stuff, more, more, another weird island now combined with Krakoa. Yeah, uh, what the hell? I mean, they've talked about this weird uh, other island for a long time. Like, it's mentioned in those data pages early on, like in one of the either House or Dawn. Uh, and I was just like, okay, I don't know what that means, so I'll throw that in the back corner of my mind so it can collect some cobwebs. And then they're just like, oh, here it is, and this guy can make demons appear, and he, they they're, have to do with apocalypse, and now the islands are one island, and you're like, oh, god, okay. And uh, Kid Cable is a giant moron, and I love it. He uh, Yes. It's it's funny that his character is that he's a dumb dumb. I'm so happy that he's a giant moron. <laughs> I couldn't be happier that he's just this big idiot that Hickman's just made him this joke. Now he's just like I like guns. <laughs> that's his that's his character. Is like hey I like guns. And, uh, I try and do the right thing, but it's I'm just so stupid. I screw it up. I mean, did he have other character before? Uh it wasn't i don't think there was no irony in it <laughs> i think it I was, was say like i feel like his character was i like guns before it was but it wasn't i'm also a tremendous dumb dumb and it's funny it's more so, like i'm a i like guns and i'm yeah. a cool guy <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah um i I've all, i'm i'm going to give this summoner guy a name his his code name is corpse paint corpse paint cool yeah Corpse Paint the Summoner. What's the name of his black metal band? I mean, of course it is. Corpse Paint the Summoners. <laughs> that's his, that's, a, that's you're their gonna, You're going to summon first... a giant octopus. I know, Be the careful. giant octopus is going to come and, and, and get me. Uh, I, Linnea Francis U is great. I love Linnea Francis U. No Miranda shots in this, as far as I can tell. I didn't see one, a single one. I mean, you can see the guy's butt, but I think that, that kind of counts. I think what's the gender swapped Miranda shot? What is it? A the shepherd shot. Shepherd shot. I mean, shepherd. Uh, shepherd is canonically female for yes. many people. For me, fem sheps, one hundred percent the way to go for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, you've professed your love many times for for fem shep. Uh, I'm a buy on this. This is very very good. I'm really curious what the hell. There's so many moving parts, and I I I really like it. 
there's the, all these weird complicating factors mm-hmm. making the X-Men's it feels real it feels like a real world that it's being built in front of our eyes and like all this stuff is just happening it feels exciting like I've said a million times about these new X-Men books but bye 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 I just like NSYNC once said bye mm-hmm. bye bye you had to go there I'm a 90s um, kid what do you say what do I, this what is, am I supposed this to say this book is really fucking great um, I don't know what else to 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 say oh also i really enjoy that yeah they're even making it harder canon that cyclops is totally in love with wolverine as well as emma or gene not emma anymore was emma Where now gene. like just like let's just say let's yes. just say yeah. yes it's just one yeah absolutely <laughs> wolverine and me mm-hmm. are totally not in love with each other i mean that 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 makes me just kind of like oh oh i mean it makes it is a culmination of years of storytelling. Yeah. It just it ends up making sense. Uh, you, 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 you die and you get brought back and get rebooted a bunch of times. You, I don't know. It's, it's like, all fluid. It's yeah. fine. Uh, that's Double by X-Men number two. That'll do it for floppies this week. We can move on to our next segment. It is time for checking in. Checking in is the part show. Eric and I talk about what we've been up to for the past couple of weeks. Uh, things we played or bought or done or want to recommend or things we hate even. We've done that. Some hate some hate, hate checks. We've done those before. Um, I've got a bunch of stuff to talk about, Eric. I assume you also have a bunch of stuff to talk about. I don't know about a whole bunch of stuff. I know you have, have Pokemon to talk about. You have what? You have Pokemon to talk about. I am going to I am gonna talk about Pokemon. Talk about Pokemon. I think I'll mention briefly that uh, we recorded a, uh, a podcast about um, Full Gear and also the first several weeks of Dynamite, so we're not going to talk about it now. Go listen to Serial Fanatics episode 110. Yeah. It's, yeah. All, it's all about wrestling. If you want, if you need some wrestling fix from us, go listen to that. It's over on where podcasts are. Where you're listening to this, it's also there. You can go subscribe to it even and give it a good review and tell your friends. Wink. Hey, tell those friends. Yep. Wrestling's good stuff. Uh, wrestling, it, it, I kind of, maybe never better. Mm-hmm. Maybe never better. Um, so, yeah, that's how, good. I guess how's, I'll How's, how's Pokemon? Really, really good. I'm really glad I bought it. I am, like, I've been thinking about it all day. Which did you get? I, I got Shield because okay. it has the spooky guy in it. Okay. That's the exclusive, is it has the spooky gym leader. Um, and I kind of love it. Like, I I, I have not played, I have literally, I've not played a Pokemon game since the original Red and Blue Game Boy game, which I played the shit out of. I absolutely adored that game. I have replayed it in emulators. This really captures a lot of what I love about that, and... I'm a little obsessed with it. Like it, it, it's got its problems. It's a little slow going and it Japanese games in, in general, I think they have kind of that like cinematic, like let's waste your time kind of feel to it. It, it, it's very much, it doesn't feel like a game for adults in the way that a game for adults is way more respectful of your time. Do you know what I'm saying? Yes, that's, uh, I mean, it's, that's Nintendo games generally. It's just like, let's tutorialize everything. Let's yeah. slow everything down. 
Yeah. You're 12, so you have all the time in the world. Well, I mean, I didn't I mean, I didn't get that necessarily when I was playing like Mario games, you know, but I don't know. It is a lot of like kind of slowing me down to add hours to the RPG. Like I feel that, but it's still it's still really good. It's just at its core, it's a low poly, but very beautiful pokemon game the world feels really fun um it just does a lot of what i want it also does have electric corgis and tanahashi in it i saw that post i'm like oh man i gotta get pokemon now i figured that that was was exactly what that was that was you you were kind of my demographic with 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 that post well that motherfucker does look like they look like okay tanahashi but different like and they barely changed him. They like we're not going to change that magnificent hair. G- give him a beard on the the other parts of his face. Give him a give him a cape instead of a fucking suit that's got a spot to put a belt. He he really does. We, I will like be. I will much. be. We will be getting one of the two Pokemon's at any when probably when we're both home for any length of time and we have other games that I'm not currently beating right so i i didn't really put a whole lot of thought into which one um each one has an exclusive legendary uh the shield is more a more defense based yes uh uh legendary which i find more interesting but probably does not suit my play style very much um but yeah uh, it's the one that i went with I don't necessarily regret it. I think they're all pretty much equal. Yeah, probably. I don't really. I'm going to let my wife decide and she will. Whatever one she wants, this one will get. She cares more about Pokemon than I do. It's uh, it's I I mean, many other games that have come out. I have wanted to play them. Um, This is just the first one that like I don't have to go buy a system to get. I already had a switch. Yes. And I was at a point where I I don't know it's just it feels good and healthy to play some video games and it's comfort food. It is. It is. It's really it's nice and it's cozy. And Pokemon is just a fucking. It's a good. It's a good series. It's a good a a, a good model for a video game. And I'm having a damned good time. Don't people are freaking out about the way the new Meowth looks there, Eric. I don't know how how tuned into the Pokemon uproar you are online, but if that's if that's the only thing you've heard about how bad Meowth looks, you are lucky because my God, I've seen some (laughs) of the bitching and the moaning about this Pokemon games and I'm like wow like it's like one percent it's like the one percent of the most hardcore people they're like it's ruined they've taken everything from me i'm like yeah that's the way people are i i i there was literally a i retweeted it the other day but it was floating around Uh, i've seen it pop over my feet like four different times where there was some steam group or or some discord i think it was a discord Mm -hmm. of a Discord group that's boycott Pokemon Sword Shield, Game Freaks screwed us, etc. And then you look at it's like fifty people, 
all of them are playing Pokemon. So they're yeah, boycott, and then they all bought the yeah. game anyway. It's yeah, it's yeah. ridiculous. I I'm I don't that, think that I'll sounds, notice any of it. That sounds about right. <laughs> I just it's just I I like video games and I hate video g- games. Like they're they're the best, and people are like stop go obsess about. I f- I feel like this this very accurately describes like everything that all we're fandoms. into. Yes, all yeah, fandoms. Like I I mean. How many wrestling fans do you hate? How many, many. comic fans do you hate? Many. How, how, <laughs> just think of everything, everything that we like and talk about oh, regularly. Squared Circle like, is getting more insufferable by the day. Oh, of course. Oh, my God. Um, of course. Anything else you want to... I've got a lot, Eric. I'm going to... Is one of them uh, Disney Plus? No, actually, but I could also check in with that. So how, you talk about Disney Plus and I'll talk about Disney Plus. I, I I mean I don't have a whole lot to say. It's it's I did I'm trying to cut back on all the bullshit that I have to pay for. Yes. Uh but Disney Plus is a pretty good value. I don't think I'm gonna keep it forever, but maybe I'll keep it for a month or two. Um a lot of really good content. Like you can watch any Disney afternoon show. A lot of my friends are really excited about watching all the gargoyles, which I never I watched maybe two episodes oh, God. of back Eric. In the day. You're gonna gargoyles is really good. <laughs> like honestly, I, like I, it's a really good show. It's like up there with Batman the animated series. I'm surprised to hear you. It is. It it, it never seemed like a thing that would have been on your radar. I was I'm right. Really I was the, exactly the right age for it, and it, it. I I I mean, I was I was too. You. I mean, I I was really excited for it, but I feel like I just didn't have the opportunity to watch it like it it i don't know it's like my my life went a different direction than the than the disney afternoon bullshit it's i didn't get to watch it it's a very good show it was a very good animated show it it well my friend lan compared it to avatar the last airbender i was about to say those exact words actually i i that i mean i'm re-watching i i'm re-watching avatar the last airbender because i watched two seasons of Korra and was disappointed at how blah it is. Um, but there's there's a ton of great content. You can never go wrong with watching DuckTales or even Chippendales is very strong. Rescue Rangers, it's it's corny and dumb, but it's still like a really delightful little show. I will um I will make one formal complaint, Eric. What's your what you got? Simpsons and widescreen only. Boo. That is what a lot of people are saying. I did. I saw that. I saw people complaining about that just before we got on this. So, yeah. Thumbs down. It's, it's cropped or yeah, something. Yes, it's it's cropped. So you can't see the top of the frame, which takes away some jokes. They use the there's, yeah. there's visual jokes that rely on you seeing the entire screen because they expected you to be able to. Uh, and they say that's coming next year. But I w- very odd thing it is very odd they have they have struggled a little bit um i don't know they've built this tool they've built their own streaming service from the ground up did i did did i mention to you that i i know uh one of the engineers is a not really a friend of mine but we know of each other we used to both work on um the how to geek website together um about fuck god eight years ago nine years ago at this point this is a long time ago shit um 
there's a lot of good. Do you know what's really good is the the it was like 2016 or something the Muppets show. Did you watch any of it ever? No, I never did. But I I live I live with a uh, Uber Muppets fan, so I assume we will be watching it at some point. You should you should get it. That should be one of the first things that you watch. It's very funny. I don't laugh at a lot of comedies, um, but it it's. People compare it to The Office because it has the interview things, but it, to me, it is exactly like, what if they made another season of 30 Rock, but all the characters were Muppets? Right. Like, it's that's literally what it is. Um, it's very good. There's a lot of, there's I don't know. There's a lot of good content on it. Um, and it's the kind of thing that, like, everyone who's got, like, a young kid will have just to show them old movies um did not say one word about the mandalorian which is very good i haven't watched it yet but I'm yeah going to. I, 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 I will it's like it's the thing that's the thing you should be watching as it is says, and so. i i hated not being in the loop on it like i'm that weak you know i saw they had a seven day trial and i'm like fuck it so i I bit the bullet on it, watched the first episode, watched many of the things that I just described. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to keep this for a couple of months. It's, it's worth it to be, I mean, like, Hey, hey Eric, where am I going to watch Mr. Boogity? Hey, Eric, you had FOMO fear of Mandalorian out. Wow. 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 You're welcome. Hey, Eric, what you got? I played a video game. <laughs> We need to make you t-shirts that say that. I played Hideo Kojima's Death Stranding. I can't get it because it's only on PS4 right now. It is. Uh, don't worry, you don't. I'm never. I'm. I'm. I will play it maybe in like three years when it's ten dollars on PC. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am not a member of the cult of Kojima. Mm-hmm. I think Metal Gear Solid games are all incredibly overrated. I think his writing is terrible. I think the games aren't (laughs) fun to play. Uh, I don't know why people like them so much. They're incredible. They have a novelty to them because you could do things in them that other video games didn't have. But the controls are always bad. The stories were always bad. I don't know why people love them so much. Maybe it's just because I never played them right when they came out. So I always was looking back at them. Death Stranding. I think that's strange. I think that's strange because Metal Gear Solid 1 and 3 are, I think, very, very, very good. Death Stranding. I play. I played five hours of it. Mm-hmm. And I had it for... I only rented it because I knew that I probably would hate it. But I wanted to see what it was because it seemed like such a strange game. Yeah, I played five hours of it, and they say that the first eight hours of it is a slog. Uh, I this the gameplay is really not the thing that turned me off. It is more the writing that turned me off because it is some yeah. of the worst writing I've ever heard in a video game. I think that's kind of what Hideo Kojima has become. Unfortunately, the last couple of Metal Gear games were just getting worse and worse and worse and worse. At least from from that standpoint, I mean, I, I I don't I don't know. I could not I could not. What was it? What the hell was it called? Guns of the Patriots or Sons of the Patriot? The Sons of the what Patriot was, was one the of them. Fourth one. I don't. The PS3 don't one? ask. Don't ask me. I cannot tell you. There's a lot of them. I, don't I I've not I paid close tried attention. playing that one and thought it was like it was ninety percent movies. I thought mm-hmm. it was wretched. Yep. 
I it started was... skipping all the cutscenes in this game because yeah. literally it was I skipped four cutscenes in a row at one point. Four in a row. And that's I that's very Kojima. He he I think he is very talented and very interesting. And I will definitely stand by the first Metal Gear Solid uh and the third one as like really interesting, innovative games. I liked the characters in it. I liked what they were doing, but he's up his own ass now, and he's he's George Lucas. It he needs a he needs an editor. I like. Okay, I still kind of want to play this way well, later down I'm, the line. When I say like I'm gonna, I like the gameplay is you play Norman Reedus, who has a, some whose name is Sam Porter Bridges. Because he's a porter and he builds bridges. That is the la- that is the level of writing in this game. Like literally, they are just labor. There's a guy named Die Hard Man. There's a guy named Love. It's just bold face, like no subtlety at all. Mm-hmm. And your the the gameplay is walking from place to place, delivering things. That's all you do. As you go on, it builds layers of you be able to like add. And that's another, that's like the core, I think, gimmick of this game is that as you move on, you eventually unlock traversal equipment, like ladders and ropes and bridges and roads and all this stuff. And as you lay it down, other people can use it and you can use other people's. And then as you build stuff that is more useful for other people, you, it helps you. So it's. It's Kojima was talking this up prior to the game coming about how it's about supposed to help build build things for other people and, and instead of killing stuff, we are building stuff together. Uh the writing is god awful. And I'm not <laughs> that is not me that is not hyperbole. Go on YouTube and look at and search for worst death stranding lines. There's literally a scene I'm on the beach. I'm I c it the characters are terrible. Uh, the the lore would be interesting if it all wasn't just explained directly to me every step along the way. Like, I would be like, oh, that, if this was mysterious and this wasn't explained to me, and I eventually pieced it together myself, I probably would be all on board with this stuff. But instead, it's just presented to me all at once. Like, here's all the information. Here's why all this stuff is happening. I'm like, I don't, why are you doing this? Why are you? Why am I spending three hours in the beginning of the game just watching a movie about why this world the way it is? Can I just have some mystery? Mm-hmm. Can you can you write less? It's the most writing in a video game. I'll say that there sure is a lot of writing in it. I don't. It's all terrible, but there's a lot of that terrible writing. He's been known for that. I think he's he's entering his late stage Masamune Shiro <laughs> uh, stage in his career. So I. I didn't, I'm not going to spend, I have a lot of stuff to talk about. So it, Death Stranding, I played it. It's terrible. Uh, I will, <laughs> I will buy it on PC when it's cheap and there are mods for it because if someone can mod it so it strips out all the story and just makes it a weird simulator where I'm this, a weird post-apocalypse delivery simulator, I will play that. I don't want the I story. Think, I think he's, maybe he's more suited to, because I think the thing that I like about Hideo Kojima is his weird point of view and like that like fucking i i just think that the world needs space in it for kind of bad or deeply flawed 
works of art by singular people, like singular weird visions. But I think that it doesn't need to be a goddamn expensive ass AAA game to be that. It doesn't have to have Norman Reedus. Like he should, he should get like a moderate budget and release like small titles. And I think that would be more enjoyable. Um, also, I also played very briefly Star Wars Fallen Order, which is the new Star Wars game. It came out on Friday. I've only played it for a few hours, so I don't really have a firm opinion on it yet. I've enjoyed what I played. Uh, it's fun to whip a lightsaber around and chop stormtroopers in half. Like that's always fun. Uh, it's very, it's very Dark Soulsy. It's it's huh. it's very. It takes a it it has bonfires and it has X. XP that you lose if you get killed by something. Uh, it respawns enemies, which is a little strange in a Star Wars game, but whatever. Uh, it's a it's not as hardcore as a as a Dark Souls game. It has absolutely like dialed down the grim and the 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 edge of it to about half measure. Um, I'm interested to see how it goes. It's fairly linear so far, but again, I just started it. I'm enjoying it so far. Uh, I'm releasing a book, Eric. Again. Have we have we really we really not talked about it? No, I have not uh, yet. on the podcast no. yet. Well, congratulations for another launch. It's pre-order is up. Uh, I will have a probably this episode will have a preamble of me talking about it, so you guys can listen to that and go pre-order You've it. Already listened to it. You already listened to it. it. You can go to my website or Amazon and find it there. Pre-order pre-order. I'd appreciate it or at least check it out. Um. You know, it's the third book. It's I'm I kind of know more what I'm doing, so it's less stressful. <laughs> you are really not selling yourself very well. It's not the book itself. Like I think this is the best written book I've read. I, I've written. I think it's yeah, say my, that. It's, say that. Don't say I know more what I'm doing. <laughs> I mean, this is me just like live, just I talking know, about it. But God, ugh, ugh. it's my favorite book I've written. I think it's the best book I've written. I just it's more about the. The selling of the book, eh, blah 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 blah. Um, yeah, like as I just, I, as you just talked about, I'm not the the best salesman necessarily. I 100 think if you like the thing, you should go read this book because it is my love letter to stories like that. Pressure cooker in the cold, horrible things happening to people. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, it's really bad. Uh, <laughs> it's really bad stuff happens. This is this is why you have to play Pokemon to detox. Yes, from, it it basically from all writing and reading horror oh, novels. Oh my god! Uh, so yes, that that's happening in a, a week. Basically, after you hear this, that book will be out. And finally, Eric, my final thing. I it looks like you finally cast off the shackles of of Apple. I am off, I am out of the iOS ecosystem. I'm out of the walled garden. I ha I bought a Pixel Three A. I literally had it for a day. So again, not a lot. I, I like it. It's way better than my old phone. <laughs> I saw you activating it. I, I I I never thought you were the last holdout. Brad and Jess uh, jumped to Android some time ago. You're uh, of of my circle of people. You're the last iPhone. You're the last to give it up. Did. Uh, did Kimbo also give up no, her iPhone? No, she still has hers. Whenever she upgrades, when next time she gets a new phone, her new her phone mm -hmm. is not that old at this point. My phone, right. I had an i, I had a five S, which wow. is like, yeah, it's old. And this, wow. so I got. How it. do people do that? 
it still works roughly. It started not I, working. That's like, why I got a new phone. This I'm going to say I do too many things on my phone to keep a phone that many generations. Like it's even factory resetting it, and it just gets so frustrating to use. It, yep. I I mean I don't know. My I I still my my first generation Pixel is still holding out strong, and honestly, they're not very far away from releasing the fourth gen of pixel so i feel like i'm doing pretty well holding on to this device for so long i i, I like my i, I like the, the the phone so far it's not it's been not that hard it, to transfer over it was pretty easy no. honestly i don't have that much stuff in the apple i bought i have some stuff some songs on itunes but it's not that much that i can't just you I can mean, you can convert them to mp3s with the iTunes app on a PC. Uh, so I've just have Spotify. I have Spotify, so that's really the, the the way that most people go. Although I've canceled mine, I've not really missed it that much. I use it a lot. I used it a lot too. I mean, I and we I share like it a lot. We have a family plan, so it's that's not even that expensive for two people. The the the, the sharing these services is really the way to go because I don't know. I'm not I paid for netflix basically since it started as a streaming service and what do i have to show for it fucking nothing <laughs> less dvds in your house um i don't know man i have an, a, a brand new oh, DVD right. I, that i fixed you, you you bought it a broken one and you fixed it yeah, although I didn't really know that it was broken when i bought it oh it was just oh i learned it was broken yeah yeah it turned on and acted a little weird, and I didn't think much of it. And then I got it home, and it was unusable. And I looked up why, and it was a relatively easy fix. So I stack overflowed that shit. You're back on physical, back to physical media, Erica. You weren't Alicing it. <sighs> you know, I'm just not going to rule it out. Okay, <laughs> fair enough. Still look, movies can still look pretty reasonably okay on D- DVD. Okay. And I think like the the gaps in in my uh my collection i'm gonna i'm gonna occasionally buy shit on ebay like lots of movies because why not fair enough i i I think i'm done i I don't have more to talk about uh wasn't as much as you made it out to be i mean i could have yelled about death stranding for another 15 minutes if you really want you know it's probably fine that you don't unless you want to do a no Unless you want to do a, uh, a serial fanaticist I, of I, you just complaining about that game and no. I'm just sitting here nodding. No, 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 no. I was not pitching that as a, a real idea. That no, was I, just the idea of it that makes was me angry. foolish overkill. Um, we can move on to our final segment. It is time for Nerva Book Club. Nerva Book Club is the part of the show where Eric and I sign a longer collected work and discuss it in depth like you would a book in a book club, except. It's a comic book. This week, this episode, we are discussing Batman Year One by Frank Miller and David Mazzucchelli. Colors by Rich and Lewin and letters by Todd Klein. Uh, it's a pretty famous-ass comic book. Foundational mm-hmm. Batman comic. Fundamental. Fundamental. Um, I've read it many times in my life. Reading it again, it's it just feels good. Yeah. It just feels good. And my God, it is beautiful. 
yeah, this this guy, this is like Chris Somney mm-hmm. version, like level of of like fantastic comic artwork, but possibly one of the best looking comics from this era. The color is really strong too. That whole section at the end where it showed the the, the how he like I probably painted on acetates or something. Um, but he talked about how there were, did he say 60 colors, a color palette of 60 colors? I don't know. It was really cool to see all that. And it was, it, it felt really good to read this again. I might've only read it one time before and I was like, that was a good comic and then didn't think about it. Reading it again, it was, it's kind of a very it's kind of a it's a good perfect archetype for a batman story it's it really very, gets a lot right it's very simple yeah it's incredibly low to the ground those are the most important things i think it is really and it's not it's as much about gotham and gordon as it is about batman mm-hmm Bat- Bruce Wayne and Batman probably gets less than half of time in the book. Like, I feel like Gordon gets more time than Batman does. Yeah, Gordon's kind of the he's kind of the star of this. And, and like Batman, sure, yeah, we we get it. Like what happens and why he's doing what he does and why he chooses to be a bat and all that stuff happens. But Gordon is the guy that he is our perspective. It doesn't ever treat us like we understand Batman fundamentally like because batman is a crazy person bruce wayne his behavior is not normal he's going he does some things that no normal person could or would do he goes to he goes to to links that normal people would quit far 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 before they ever got to the point that batman does here's a question do you think miller actually sees him that way i don't know I this I don't think he I mean based on his other stuff I really don't think that's the case. I I don't that's, I mean I I agree with your your assessment's correct. Batman is an insane sociopath, but like Gordon is us. Yeah. And, and but this is the book that kind of like whenever I go back and read it I remember what Frank Miller did and this book is so not what I think of when I think of Frank Miller, but it absolutely is Frank Miller. At the same time, like it has, th- it has scenes in here that I feel like are, if you, when I think about who Frank Miller is, especially as today, but even, mm-hmm. even his other books that are, you know, the the Dark Knight Returns and Daredevil and 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 Sin City, those even those books, this book feels antithetical to them at some at certain points, and it it, it this book has mm-hmm. compassion and empathy and it almost it's almost progressive at times. Yeah, like it. it, it, I forget. I forgot. Frankly, like there's a specific scene. I had to write it down just so I remember where they there is a hostage situation with uh, a a dude and some kids, Mm -hmm. and uh, Gordon comes up on the scene and he's like, "Oh no, they're going to send in one of the other cops who is a butcher, basically, who just kills anything that gets in his way." Oh, I don't. Oh, there's hostages, whatever. We'll just storm the building. Maybe we'll lose a hostage, whatever. Who cares? 
and Gordon's like, and Gordon, and they say it's a schizophrenic. The the man is mentally disturbed yeah. in some way, and he and he doesn't make sense. He's just 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 talking, you know, random strings of words. They don't make any sense at all. He's just mindlessly violent for whatever reason, and Gordon is sad for it. he like he feels for this guy he's like they're just gonna go in and murder this poor guy and gordon drops his gun walks in disarms the man while he could have been shot at any moment disarms the man and and so no one gets hurt and it's like when like thinking about the the discourse right now about police violence and brutality and how police the police are we still struggle to hold policemen accountable for violence against innocent or unarmed people and you see gordon do something so heroic and so uh, trying to save this man from himself basically and it i mean it just struck me as like and and gordon is certainly a flawed person in this comic but he's also a hero he is as much a hero as batman is and to see a policeman who is empathetic and compassionate painted as a hero in 1986. Like if this comic book came out today, it would be that scene in and of itself would be like incredible. Mm -hmm. And it just struck me as like, how is this the same Frank Miller? Maybe he had an amazing editor. Who knows? I mean, that I'm certainly, I mean, I it's hearing you know, the, the, the prologue, not prologue, but the forward, let's say, with mm -hmm. that Denny O'Neill wrote, it sounded it, it, it sounded like it was a pretty incredible environment. And I feel like I feel like Miller really benefited from being young and hungry and having a lot of amazing peers as opposed to getting old and getting fucking brain cancer or whatever happened to him and <sighs> turning into kind of a, a little bit of a racist dirt bag i mean it's the 9-11 thing where the same like yeah. Dennis, happened to dennis miller and a lot of other people who are like beforehand oh, yeah, I thought, the, well, well the whole country was kind of sick after that we all went crazy and it, i don't know what if that was it or it was just getting older or who, who knows whatever the reasons are but this book feels like it was written by a different person mm, it really it really it's it it definitely feels like the best version of that person like i feel like all the reservations we had even of his daredevil this feels head and shoulders over it catwoman Dare, Dare, daredevil's good this is absolutely like a nearly perfect like batman story it is and it's it's four issues mm -hmm. it's dense God, is it only four issues it's four issues god it's four issues dense tight concise yeah. uh it, there's none of that uh uh of of the frank miller writing female gross female characters in it mm -hmm. every there's female characters in it all of them are different from each other and none of them are you know weird gross stereotypes they're all yeah. interesting in their own way they're not they're not focal points but none of them are fridged like in daredevil multiple times mm -hmm. they are uh they all are, have their own little. And Catwoman herself is not not like reading Frank Miller write female characters in the year twenty nineteen. I'm like, what, what's going on? Uh, this is not. It's just like, hey, this is like these simple characters that 
are not just stereotypes. They all have dimensions to them. And it's fundamental for that for a reason like it it is absolutely like there's a reason like you as i read through this i go oh they use that in the movie they use that in the movie they use that in a movie like it's all this, the, this movie this book is full of stuff in the nolan movies but this stuff is even in the other batman movies the ones they've done prior and after the nolan movies mm-hmm. they've used the scenes from this um but I don't know. It, it sometimes it just leaves me speechless about how well this, how well this is constructed. And I, I started the discussion saying how beautiful it is how beautiful this book is. It is mm-hmm. one of the most beautiful. Like ever, I I don't know if I understood that the last time I read this. I, being exposed to so many more comic books and interim, you just like the page where he disrupts the dinner party and he knocks out the lights and he's just it's him and that that lone the flame that he puts out and the way that he's batman is part of the darkness and the 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 light like you said the 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 variance in the colors the cleanness of this uh it's just it's staggering it's so gorgeous hmm and like David Mazzucchelli, he, he kind of left comic books where he, if he does a comic, it's just something he wanted to do. You know, he just does some weird art book or something. He doesn't really, you know, do superhero books in particular anymore. If he does, it's like a special occasion. Um, but it's just so pretty. It just it feels like it feels perfect. I, I don't I, I don't like when I when we read Dark Knight Returns, I love Dark Knight Returns, but it has mm-hmm. problems. It is a very different book from this. Yes, and it's th- it, it, go ahead. They, they they contain a lot of the same things. Is like I I really do feel like I, I don't know whatever that dumb white panic was about crime in this era, which probably was you know it, there was reason because there was a huge spike in crime and like. The, the New York of the 80s and 90s was absolutely completely unrecognizable from that of today. And like, I, I don't know, crack, crack violence. It's not like this thing. It's not like these things weren't real, but it's just Miller was so obsessed with it. And that's a big part of what this is about. I mean, I think there's there is certainly some of that in here, but it is also. It's what? muted here, where it's, it's like it's really, really loud in in Dark Knight. Yeah, it, those books read like Death Wish. You know, they, yeah. those like books like The Punisher at the time, and, and the movies like Death Wish and and other revenge movies with that were full of creeps. They would call them creeps. The, yeah, shoot those creeps, and you're like, well, that guy just stole a camera. Why did you shoot him? Oh, he's a creep. Yeah. And like that, that's the this book is not a. Like the direct what Batman and Gordon are fighting, they're certainly fighting crime, but the focus is on institutions. The focus is on corruption in the police force, the uh, the mafia, the mayor, the commissioner. Those are the things they're fighting. They are not fight mm-hmm. like certainly they yeah we arrest this guy because he mugs someone. We arrest we beat up this guy because they're breaking and entering. They're not, but the the the, the villain is the commissioner 
of the police force. Th- that is who they are fighting. That the, the, Gordon is fighting other cops. He is hit, hit, villain. You know, common criminals come and go. The the enduring thing he is trying to defeat is other policemen. And it's really strange to me that this book is so foundational, and yet so few Batman stories are about that. I think um, I don't know. He 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 wrote these ideas and completely took from his own kind of toolkit that he built with this, took that and made it about being a sociopath and the violence and the the this the the being afraid of mysterious like punks and criminals and young people like i this is a guy who did uh, i'm pretty sure he called like black lives matter like a bunch of thugs or something dumb like that because he had brain cancer and only watched fox news for a while so i i it is it is interesting i don't think he intended you know in indicting institutional problems and corruption I don't think he intended that to be as big of a statement. I don't know. It it feels like it feels like the 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 2003 Frank Miller would call this Frank Miller a libtard. <laughs> I mean, it's I I don't well, certainly we are more aware as a whole of corruption in the police force and in police violence some some of us are aware some well i i i will say i am definitely yes. more aware than i was when i was a dumb kid uh because i was not exposed to any of that stuff i grew up in the woods with a bunch of white people yeah. who i yes. certainly didn't understand the levels of uh well yes i mean uh, same yes and as i think if I think that's the thing that has when I'm reading this book, I see it more in the book. Also, to be fair, like yeah, you're you are a product of what you know, and the book doesn't change, but you do. And mm-hmm. so when I read it this time, I that is the thing that pops out at me like crazy, and and the fact that Batman isn't the main character, Gordon is the main character to me. Like it feels like Batman is the side story of like here is how Batman came to be, but to understand that you have to see everything through gordon's eyes you have to see what kind of city gotham is you have to understand the levels of corruption and violence and crime that he has to deal with on a day-to-day basis and when this weird alien comes into town and starts helping him clean it up you understand it because you've seen it through gordon's eyes like and gordon himself is more and more a focal point of Batman's actions about how Gordon's kid is saved at the end of the day by Batman, by Bruce Wayne even. He's not even dressed up when he saves the kid. He's just on a motorcycle. He gets shot and steals a bicycle. He does. <laughs> Bruce gets shot four times in this. That's the other thing. He's not he's not invincible in this in this book, which is refreshing. Uh, he's just a dude who, and he, he's like, I make mis- he makes mistakes. I think that's a part of the charm is very much like we're so used to Batman just being in this invincible monster. Uh, 
that's one of my ribs gone <laughs> not broken gone. gone yeah one of my bat ribs one of his bat ribs and the violence in this ultimately is so so realistic even like he's afraid of bullets he's afraid of being overwhelmed by the police in this basement he's not just like beating up them all at once he's he's like his he's down to three darts you know he has to think on his feet he's not just prepared for every situation he has to improvise and that makes him more relatable makes him more easily to root for versus some giant tank man that just marches through a building and absorbs hits and then punches people until they stop moving and the and the violent and I you know Masakelli's art doesn't glorify the violence. The violence in this isn't cool. It isn't neat the way that Batman kills somebody or beats someone up. They even go specific links to demonstrate what Batman will do not to hurt someone permanently. Like the dude's dangling off a balcony off a fire escape, and Batman gets hit in the head with a TV, and he won't let go of the dude because he doesn't want him to die. What what what? What the fuck happened to where, like, the all-star Batman and Robin, what what happened to that Frank Miller, like, to to have him turn around and, and write the most malicious, disgusting, like, how, like, who hurts you, bud? It's what, what 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 went on? It's crazy, and that's the like, that's the thing that you know that we make we joked about Frank Miller many 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 times over the years. Yeah. In between reading, we oh here's we read a masterpiece, and then we read All Star Batman, and we're like, oh mm. my god, this is terrible. We haven't we never even read uh his holy terror book. God, I don't think I can do that. <sighs> I don't think I, I can do I, that. I, I, I got that's, that's a bridge too far. Think, I kind of feel like we have to at some point. Ugh, it's just gonna be us going ugh for twenty minutes or whatever. Um, yeah, it, it's even I I don't know it this book is amazing it is a batman book i'd always recommend it is the fun like when and we read uh zero year it just pales in comparison i to to put them in the same room i think is is foolish it's not even it's not even close Put, I mean, this this book should be in the comic book Louvre. It's really very, very good. Yes, and Luzerior, I think, is fine, but it's fine. It's average. Yeah. It has a couple of inspired moments. I like the, the costume in it, really. I like Dirt Bike Batman with, like, purple gloves. That's really mm -hmm. the thing I like about it, and him breathing fire on, on bad guys. That was cool. Other than that, it's like, what happened in Zero Year? Oh, they just—they took the best. Thing. They took the best scenes from this. That is like the best stuff from it is the stuff that is just lifted wholesale from year one. And I don't. This isn't outdated. There's a literal save the cat moment in it too. There is a literal cat save the cat moment. Most people I don't save the cat moment. Most people don't know about save the cat. You know, so I think it's it, it it, but it it does what it it does what it's supposed to. It makes you sympathize with Batman. I don't know. They're just it's 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 the kind of heroes I want to root for, who are badass but also compassionate, who are who are who fight who fight injustice, but not just injustice on a personal level, but in institutions. It 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 this 
and the storytelling in it, the the layout, the structure of this is also incredible. And I think, mm-hmm. it, honestly, this is probably the best thing that Frank Miller ever wrote. And not just like, oh, it has the best writing in it, but I mean, the script, the the panel layouts. I don't know how much of that was Mazzucchelli. Maybe a lot of it was. But I think it has the best storytelling, the best use of panels, the best way of uh the 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 back and forth between batman and gordon the juxtaposition of those two characters to further draw out the things that we need from them when we're reading the book i mean it really sounded like the environment was really correct and i don't know miller was in the right place at the right time and had the requisite amount of smarts and character and I feel like there was a lot of things going this direction. It's pretty remarkable that that it is what it is. It is, I don't know. He he goes a very different direction after this. It's so so crazy. Um, yeah. I was gonna ask you. Did you? This says Todd Klein doing the letters. Did it, it ever? We we've who's Todd Klein's famous letterist done incredible books this and say a man and many other mm-hmm. incredible books though i i mean i know i've complained about sometimes i can't read the yeah the they make some really bad choices this is i think this is right up to that line and then it backs away it, it understands like the batman the batman typeface that that is yeah it's right and cursive yeah and you're like i i read it and it was legible but it's right up it's to it. Barely legible. I I I love the the Gordon is good. The Gordon's perfect. Yeah, I think it has a really good amount of character in it, and but it's still legible and easy easy to read. The 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 Bruce Wayne is a little harder to read. It's a pretty interesting example of like there's kind of like three major typefaces in this. There's the script for Bruce Wayne. There's the standard comic book, all capitals. And then Gordon, his inner dialogue is in upper and lowercase. And it's like a different font than the standard, like, comic lettering that they're doing here. And that is, I don't know, that's strange. I don't think there's anything else. Maybe, I can't remember, maybe uh, Catwoman might have some inner monologue, but I can't find it right this hot second. For some reason, I remember that being there. It, would, it seems like it'd be a mistake to do that, though. I don't think she does. Right around here. I could be wrong, but I don't think she does. I, I Like I was saying, I don't have a clear, clear memory of it. It should be right around. I want to find the scene where she's putting on the gloves and stuff. I may completely just be misremembering that. No, she only has dialogue. She doesn't actually... We don't see a narration. Mm. Well, that's good. I feel like it would have been a mistake to have added another one. Because that is what this does well. Batman stories are better when they're simple. They really are. You don't need giant flower men and the whole city collapsing and fucking all kinds of dumb shit. It's silly. I just kind of browsing through it. I still just get struck by the art, just by how beautiful it is, how mm-hmm. clean everything is, the use of shadow, the, the colors, just everything, the action. 
I would bet that it is one of Chris Somney's favorite comics. Yes, I, you really, when I read it, you're like, oh, wow, Chris Somney is the successor to this. This is, you mm-hmm. know, the, he is the one who does this now in comics. And it's, I mean, the same way that I was struck by Somney's Black Widow. It's very much the same. Just struck by this. It's just how beautiful this is. How new, how much nuance there is in 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 the acting and the 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 movement it, it doesn't it 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 feels perfect <laughs> the, the art is just perfect it it tells you everything you need to know about these characters we were talking about you were talking about that earlier eric about how you know the storytelling in a in a book feels weak mm-hmm. and, and how how hard, difficult it is to demonstrate that sometimes when people don't really understand why they're not under, getting what a story is trying to tell them. This is that example of yeah doing it great of like you understand it's, everything about what's happening on a page. Both things should tell part of the story. Yes, exactly. And if if they're not, it's a failure. Right. And well, maybe not a failure, but it is certainly worse. It's not, it's ideally words and pictures. Mm hmm. Both. Both telling a story, not. People do get hung up on artwork, you know? It's like it's, it's words with artwork. Like, no, they're two, two things telling a story. Yes. And this is not just, and like we talk about whenever we talk about something that's like great that I consider part of the canon. Like, and sometimes those things fall away and I think they get pulled away from the canon. You know, this is a big talk in back in college and with literature. Uh, and it's even more of a talk I'm sure now with lit. I don't follow that stuff anymore, but even with comic books, it's the same thing. Like things are considered part of the canon. They're important. They're fundamental. Some books you go back and you read them and you go, why is this? Like we read why we go back and read why the last man. And we're like, what? Yeah. This book, that doesn't happen. You read this and you immediately understand why this is important. Not just because, oh, it, it un, it's the Batman's origin. Like, that's part of it. But that's really the smallest part of it. It's because it tells a tremendous story. Because the art is beautiful. Because it's written written well. Because it shows what a comic book can do when you have really good people do, working together and using words and pictures to tell an incredible story that's tight and concise and dense. That is why. I think, I think it, it also says a lot about how far Batman has drifted from this, this perfect, emotional core of it. Perfect, simple thing. Yeah. And that's, I really like, that's why every time we read a book like that detective comics run, we really liked like the current Ellis comic with hitch. Mm-hmm. Whenever we just get a Batman story, that's kind of him. It's simple, and he's just trying to solve a problem. Why? Why we love the animated series so much? It's like every one of those episodes is simple and and easy to understand, and it understands the core of what this character is. It doesn't have to get complicated. There aren't. We're at one point we're going to have to read Morrison's run of Batman, Eric. Yeah, no, I I kind of dread it. It's a, there's a lot there, we should, and we should we should throw ourselves into it, maybe early next year. Yeah, um, I don't know. I I still love this book. This is the Frank Miller book. When I went, and now it's a thing where I go like people are gonna 
whenever people, I, there's a lot of people who hate Frank Miller now, which he gives them plenty of reasons, but I would just say, look at this and look at that scene with the hostage situation and with Jim Gordon and w- read it with in today. And it's still, I don't know, impactful. I still go, yeah, it makes me recognize what Jim Gordon is. And you're like, this is the Jim Gordon that whenever we get a good Jim Gordon, I go, yes, Jim Gordon. He's like, oh, that dude's a Green Beret. I, th- I, it's been a while since I've taken out a Green Beret. The, 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 the schizophrenic gunman is so interesting in, like, as a foil to the uh the psychiatrist in uh dark knight yeah so is he saying the complete opposite thing strange dichotomy yeah like one thing he's saying like oh well this guy's obviously sick and he's just gonna get murdered and he can't help what he's doing and then i i don't know it's like where are your values I don't know. It it almost it's perplexing. It feels gutless to do both. And in like and it's not like there were 10 years between the two. No, they were it was like a year? They yes. Same year even maybe? Yes, they they overlapped a little sort of. Yeah. They were like literally Dark Knight Returns came out and then this came out. I mean, for it to be first, maybe he learned something and walked it back but he seems more like the guy who's like look at this libtard psychiatrist i mean i feel like letting the joker murder people i feel like i feel like a part of it is also and i think this is in all of his work is that time and age will erode a person and at you know that old adage of you know young people vote democrat old people vote republican and that that somehow ingrained and like i'm way it's become ingrained in our culture and i heard that my entire life growing up and i'm like i'm way more liberal now as an old uh, older person than i am as a younger person and it's i i don't know if that's a part of it is very much like him writing an older batman as a guy who's just like become more and more uh ensconced in his like old person people are dangerous and we can't trust them and being hurt and damaged by that over the years that entropy of knowing humanity is has worn away his compassion or something like that i think you can see that in a lot of his works when he's writing older characters but if that's the case i i don't want that you know i i'm i want this idealistic batman this idealistic jim gordon who are willing to sacrifice themselves to try and save people, even if it hurts them in the end. That's what heroes are to me. You know, that's why I will, despite the fact that a lot of superhero comics are empty and dumb, I will still preach for people to read superhero comics. It's because when written perfectly, they really do emblemize heroism of like reading all-star Superman. And it's just, it's a hero. And that's what this is. That's what Jim Gordon is. Even Bat- what Batman is in his book. They're heroes. They do the right thing for the right reason. I hope I get to meet David Mazzucchelli once in my life. I wonder where he would even be at. No, he probably wouldn't be at a con. That's the thing. Yeah. He probably wouldn't go to him. Yeah. What's the point of it for him And at this point? Like, unless they give him a lot of money to appear. And that'd be the yeah. only reason. 
You'll have to you'll have to find him at Costco or some shit. <laughs> Just run up to him. Oh my god, I read back I read your one again. Um this book's great. Eric, is there anything you want to talk about we haven't talked about? I don't have any other thoughts or notes. Nothing's uh nothing's coming to me. No, you should go reread your one again if you haven't. It's great. Thoroughly good. Um that'll do it for us for Batman Year One. Uh next episode will be um when is that yep that's what i thought we'll be reading invisible kingdom volume one by g willow wilson and christian ward some space nuns we are a little bit uh hesitant on that first issue but i'm really interested to see what how that first trade uh worked out we'll talk about that next time uh i think that'll do it for us today we are the handsome boys comics hour you can find us at handsome boys comics hour.com <laughs> links to everything there facebook to our twitter to our rss feed uh, if you like the show, please uh, give it a good review on Apple Podcasts or whatever podcast service you use. Subscribe. Tell your friends. All those things help us out. Help us find new listeners. We really appreciate it. Uh, you can find me online on on Twitter at Robbie Dorman. And my website is RobbieDorman.com where you can find links to buy all my books, including pre-order underneath my newest novel, uh, Frozen Terror and Things Hidden in the Ice. Um, Eric, where can they find you and your things online? You can see my portfolio at freewillunlimited.com and many of my other things on ericzgoodnight.com. That includes my Instagram, my Twitter, my Twitch channel, all are known as Easy Goodnight. That, folks, we will call today. Have a good one. Rock and roll. Mm-hmm.